Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. And the Bible reads, The word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. This speaks to all of us today. Amen. And I want to speak to you for just a little while on the subject, the value of broken things. The value of broken things. Put your Bibles down or uh, your iPhones, iPads, whatever, and let's clap our hands to Jesus and thank God for his word. He's so wonderful. Lord, I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And we pray anointing upon it in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen, 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 amen. I heard a story one time. It was about this little boy. He was going down the road. He had a birdcage. And in this birdcage, in this cage, he had about three little birds that he caught. And he run into this uh, gentleman, and this, uh, this man asked the little boy, uh, what are you going to do with these, with these birds? And the little boy said, well, you know, he was a devious little boy. Uh, he said, you know, I'm going to play with these birds, and, uh, and then uh, I'm going to pick at them, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to have a good time with these birds, and, and uh, I'm just going to aggravate them, in other words, and just... Uh, and then I'm going to let them out. I'm going to give them to my cat. And then I'm going to watch my cat eat these birds. And so the man who was a pastor, he said to this little boy, he said, uh, I'll give you $10 for all those birds, three birds, and, I, and for the cage. And the little boy said, uh, wow, wow. So he uh, gave him uh, the money that, he re that uh, they agreed upon. And the pastor went to church that Sunday with that birdcage with those three birds in it. And he began to tell them a story about how that we're all like those birds. And either now or at one time, we were in, uh, we were in that cage and we were bound and uh, we had no hope and uh, there was no way that we could get out of the cage without a higher power and we know who that is, Jesus Christ helping us. And we heard about Jesus and, uh, uh, and uh, the Lord set us free, but it, but it wasn't that easy. That's, that's the end of it, we hope. But uh, the thing is that he also told him about uh, how that uh, Jesus uh, uh, saw the devil and he had that cage.
and uh, he, Jesus said, I, I, want to, I, I want those uh, precious souls in that uh, in life spring, amen, in Brookfield. And I, I want those that's coming to that church and one, will, will come one day. And the devil said, no, I, I can't sell them to you. And he said, what are you going to do with them? And the devil said, well, I'm going to pick at them. I'm going to aggravate them. I'm going to torment them. I'm going to break their legs. And, and uh, if there's anything left, uh, then uh, I'm going to feed them to the demons. And then I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to bring their whole life is going to be in misery forever. And uh, they're not going to have any hope to ever escape what uh, their end result of their life is going to be. But then Jesus uh, uh, said, uh, what will you give me? Uh, uh, what can I give you for those, uh, those precious souls? Uh, and we know that uh, Satan said, well, I tell you what, you give your last drop of blood. And we know that Jesus gave everything to put our broken spirit back together. I don't know about you, uh, but uh, I was broken when I came to God. Sin uh, had an effect because the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. Some people may think it's easy, huh? and they'll say, well, you know, I just, uh, I don't want this kind of life because it's, it's difficult, and people have told me before as a pastor, brand new people, they said, oh, pastor, uh, or sometimes they call me father, uh, and they would say, oh, Father Harris, or Pastor Harris, uh, I've never had such difficulty since I've come to your church. I know what they're referring to. It's not my church, but uh, I tell them, you just hang in there a little bit longer because it's going to get better, but look where you came from, and look, uh, amen, where God, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you through the word of God in time where God's going to take you to if you will just be faithful. But even sometimes for the child of God, we still go through times of brokenness. <clears throat> Grief and uh, death and uh, as much as I hate to say it, uh, divorce even happens to Pentecostal people. Things happen. Problems arises. And uh, Jesus still puts us back on the potter's wheel. And he continues to mold us and to make us into what he wants us to be. I love it when he says to the house of Israel, he's at the potter's house. He's calling them a house already. Amen. I like that. Oh, house of Israel, can I do this for you? Amen. You may feel like you're broken, but the Lord says, you know what? I don't see you the way that you are. I see you as a complete and a full house. Amen. Hallelujah. Complete in him. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? Why don't you clap your hands and shout hallelujah? <clears throat> there is the art of Kintsugi. Kintsugi is the Japanese art of repairing ceramics with a special lacquer mixed with gold, silver, or platinum. The philosophy behind the technique is to recognize the history of the object and visibly incorporate the repair into a new piece instead of disguising it. The process usually results in something more beautiful. See, God recognizes the history of where we've been, but not only that, but where we're going. And he incorporates the repair into a new piece. He don't disguise it. 
Amen. He don't fake it till he makes it. Amen. Hallelujah. He don't name it and claim it. Hallelujah. He does the work. And not only does, uh, does uh, they, they say this art, uh, they put gold and silver or platinum uh, and mix it with a special lacquer. But uh, amen, the Bible says that we're not redeemed and we're not built back together and we're not put back together by corruptible things such as silver and gold. But uh, we uh, are bought and we are redeemed and we are put back together by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to know it's not just any blood, but it is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to know this morning that you're important and you are special to God. I don't care what your family says about you. I don't care what anybody thinks about you. If you're not the, the guru, the popular kid in your school or uh, the best person on your job as far as uh, popular whatever, uh, that does not mean anything to God. He loves you uh, and he created you uh, in his own image. Amen. Hallelujah. You are special. Uh, Zechariah chapter two, verse eight declares that we are the apple of his eye. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And Matthew six records that, uh, that we are better than the fowls of the air and he's able to clothe us, amen. He says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, but you are more special, amen. Amen, because a greater than Solomon came on the scene and he redeemed us and he bought us, amen, and he's putting us together as he sees fit. I know that God is still working on me. Come on, somebody. I don't ever want him to finish. I don't, amen, but when I blow it, when I mess up and I'm broken, I want him to pick me up and put me back on the wheel. I want to go another round with Jesus. I don't want to ever, amen, I don't want him to ever give up on me and I don't believe that he will even though I may give up on myself or we may give up on ourselves sometime and the enemy may beat us to down and our own flesh may speak to us many things about we're a failure but I want you to know it's time to get up. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise because God is still working working on me. Oh, lift up your voice and shout again with the voice of triumph. You're more, you are precious in his sight and he's able to take that, what you have and not only mend you, but make you anew, more precious than silver and gold. I wondered, I said, God, you said when I got the Holy Ghost and I took baptism in your name, oh, that old things have passed away to behold all things become new. And God, I'm still in the same, uh, I still got some problems. Now, I know I'm just talking about me right now. You just forgive me. I, I know y'all are all perfect and you'll have these problems. Did I say that, honey? I did. I won't let her speak right now. But we still have some issues. And we don't have enough tissues for our issues either. I know that's the next line I used to tell people. When I, some of them, not, not everybody could tell that to. But broken things have value to God. We just discard them. Oh, when I look at that Hindu that comes to God that believes in 33 million gods 
And just uh, as your friend here is okay from Sharlaka, Amen. That uh, from those countries, and he was uh, very fortunate to be able to have a uh, money in his family, but. Uh, And just being a hopeless situation, these people are. And everywhere you go in India, there's temples everywhere. They have more temples than we have churches in America. They're everywhere. We live in Calcutta. In Calcutta, they have Kali Temple. And also, it's right on the Ganges River where they have the burning piers where they burn the bodies in the open cremate the Hindu and they believe that the spirit of the Hindu goes up into the air and it, it enters into a cow reincarnation cow, a cow in India is the god, the cow is the mother of India There's my wife has a picture she didn't put it on there but uh, I'm standing in the middle of the road with this cow he's laying down taking a nap he's in no hurry there's horns honking at him. Of course, horns is a very important thing there. If you don't have a horn on your car, you better not get out because uh, that's a courtesy. That means get out of my way, honk, honk. And if you don't, then I can run over you. <clears throat> that's right. And when you make uh, six lanes out of three, you can just do about all you want to. But, but uh, the bigger vehicles win in India. The bigger the vehicle... You, it's, uh, they have pecking order with their vehicles. And in the middle of that, you have thousands of bicycles. You have rickshaw wars, which is a three-wheeler, and you ride in the carriage part. Then you have CNGs. It's like a little golf cart. My wife has some of them back there. They're not for sale, but they're her toys. But anyway, replica of that. And uh, you sit in the back in a cage. You, he opens the cage, and you get in, and he locks the door, and only he can open it up. It's a death trap. Uh, and uh, you're back there, and uh, then they have cabs, and thousands and thousands. Uh, and in Calcutta, there's how many people did we find out last night? We looked. 14 million people in Calcutta. And so there's a lot of people there, so there's a lot of traffic. I don't know how in the world I got off on that, but anyway... Don't you whine and cry about your traffic jam. I got stories for you. <laughs> I got issues, tissues for your issues. That's where I'm at. Amen. But we all have issues, and there's not enough tissues for, for the issues. And, and uh, you know, no matter how bad we have it, there's always somebody else that has it a lot worse than we do. I know I don't want to think about that when it's my problem because it's mine. Amen. But when you see these folks come to God and, and they're broken and, and uh, you know, their life is hopeless and, and uh, you tell them about the love of Jesus, just a simple message. We don't preach to those people there like we preach here on deputation. Uh, we preach uh, uh, the doctrine over and over and over. Very simple things uh, uh, to them uh, because you don't have to... <laughs> do there what you do here because they're so hungry amen for the gospel as uh, as we saw with our brother amen that came from Sri Lanka 
And so, uh, so, uh, but uh, wherever we come from, we, we all have to come the same way to God. Amen. We have to come submitting ourselves to him and being willing to put ourselves uh, and allow him to put us up on that potter's wheel. Hallelujah. 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 And even though uh, uh, sometimes it hurts, uh, he is making us into what we ought to be. And sometimes when the pastor preaches, I don't like, I don't like what he's preaching. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. You don't have to say amen right now. He's out there and he's listening. Amen. Watch out because Santa Claus is coming to town, you know. So be careful. Amen. But uh, these things are to help us and to make us better. Hallelujah. Because God is using him, amen, to do the work. Hallelujah. In preparing us to be able to be put upon the wheel. I'm so glad that God mends broken things. And when you tell people overseas about the love of God and how you don't have to go to a different image, uh, idol, for everything that you need. Kali is the God of death and destruction, and so you would pray to Kali that death and destruction will not come to your family. Then you have to pray to uh, Gannis, he's the God of prosperity and peace. So you have to go to him and he's an elephant. These things are all hideous looking gods. I mean, they're just some of the freakiest looking things. You you know, Kali's got like five hands, five arms and, and uh, her tongue sticking out and her head's, her husband's head's underneath her feet because she's stomping his head, you know. And uh, they're not very pretty things that you, that you put in your house. And and then uh, the elephant God is a Gan, uh, Ganesh and you got got to pray to him and then you got to go to another one to pray to that one but uh i'm so glad that that we can tell people and that you can just go to one god and he's the one that can mend your brokenness that he is the one that died for you that he is the one that's here to help you during this season of life amen whatever it is and whatever's going on amen hallelujah in your life praise god that he is able to mend us because he loves us so much When that song came out many years ago, he loves us, oh, he loves us. How it moved the audience. We sing today songs about God's love for us and people are stirred, not just sinners, but we are stirred. But, uh, and we uh, would used to uh, make those placards out of posters about our testimony. You know, we would do the testimony cards. You've seen that probably. And uh, we would come out and everybody would hold up their testimony cards and they would. we would have that song playing in the background about he is jealous for me. Oh, he loves me like a hurricane. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm a tree and I'm bending. Amen. Because of his love and mercy. Amen. I'm bending beneath the weight of his mercy. When all of a sudden, amen, I am unaware. Amen. You know the words. Hallelujah. Praise God. And oh, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. means so much. I was privileged to teach at Apostolic Bible Institute for a number of years while I pastored. And I would always get to preach at the church there. During the Wednesday night, I stayed over during the week. And I prayed for this woman and she had been seeking the Holy Ghost for a long time. And I had already prayed for many other people and was training the students to pray with people and working with them in the altars and 
doing all of these things. And I went back to this woman after everybody had done went sit down. And all I said to her was, Sister, you're the apple of, the, uh, of his eye. You're more precious than gold to Jesus. And when I said those few little words that I've said to many people, and I'm sure she's heard before, she just began to break down. Something began to just turn her. And I said, if you was the only person in the whole wide world, Jesus would have still went to the cross. He would have died. And I went into all the, you know, stripes on his back. And, and I went there and he hung on the cross. And I said, and, and before I got done with the resurrection, and he did it for you. Her hands was up, and she was instantly filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The many times she had heard it, but it became personal to her. Amen. That you know what? Uh, amen. Uh, uh, you're so precious, and how those words can move even us. And they all do. And I know God's not finished with her just like he's not with us. But thank God for the beginning. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't believe God's ever going to be finished with us until the rapture happens. Amen. Whether it's uh, uh, where we're alive or whether we're in the grave, whichever the case may be. Hallelujah. I don't believe that God's ever going to quit. I, I'll say again, I don't want him to quit on me. Amen. I want him to continue to work on me and mold me and make me into what I ought to become. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands and love him right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to understand that you have had a spiritual blood transfusion. If you have repented, and taken baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and have received the Holy Ghost with an issue evidence of speaking in tongues. You have the blood of Jesus flowing through your veins. Amen. There's not a blemish or defect within it. God is molding and making you if you will submit yourself to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He brought us out of darkness and from the shadow of death. And he broke our bonds, the psalmist tells us in 107.14. We know in 1 Peter 2 and 9 that we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Amen. Uh, the NIV says we're a special people for God's own possession. I like that. Amen. I want you to know today that only God can turn a mess into a message. Amen. He is the only one that can turn wounds into wisdom. He is the only one that can turn a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, a victim into a victor, a loss into a victory, a, a loser into a winner. He can turn a bad start into a good ending. Only God can take people with low self-esteem and give you confidence. There's no such thing as self-confidence when it comes to God. Our confidence does not come from ourselves. But we need to put our confidence in God and he will build our esteem, amen, hallelujah, amen. God is the only one that can turn our worthlessness into 
purpose, amen, and tears, amen, into smiles, and depression into joy, hallelujah. He can take our sins and turn them into salvation when we repent of them. Oh, what a Savior, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I said, oh, what a Savior, hallelujah. Amen, amen. He gave his life's blood for only me and only you because you are precious in his sight and he loves you and you are valuable even though you may be in a broken situation. The lady came, the pastor's wife came to a service we were having in India. We were on top of a, uh, the roof and they did have a little tarp over us, thank God. It, was, it, it felt like a, uh, about 130 degrees, I don't know, uh, but it felt like that. The heat index was that. And the pastor's wife said, oh, uh, I, I uh, don't, don't think I can come because that tumor on her brain had intertwined with the blood vessels. It was untouchable. It would be over if the doctors went in. And her, her husband, uh, they told me this later. I didn't know anything about it until after the service. But uh, they, they said that she would cry out and almost lose her mind as it was. Go crazy, screaming, amen, trying to find relief at times uh, when, uh, when uh, it began to respond or, or something, whatever would happen where those, uh, uh, the pressure would be put upon that, uh, that, that, that the blood would course through that. And at times it would be excruciating pain. I can't even imagine that. Furthermore, you're in a country where if you don't have money, you don't have health care. And even that sometimes can be very, uh, not very good. And so if you don't have money, you suffer horribly with your disease until finally you die. And life is not very valuable in a third world country. I see people get hit with the cars, get thrown up in the air, and people drive right on by and not one person stop. They come get the guy out of the road and throw him in the ditch and keep going. They don't stop. Nobody's going to stop and cry for you. It's a hard world. Everybody's got their own problems. But that lady came to service. I, I didn't know her. The service progressed, and as we were speaking the word of faith for people to get healed, there's so many sometimes. We can't, uh, we can't pray for everybody. <clears throat> we speak the word for Holy Ghost to fall. And as the Holy Ghost was falling, then I spoke for healing, and, uh, and, uh, and then uh, something began to happen to her. Her husband came later, and he told me that she had come. She hadn't been able to come to church, and he said, my wife got totally healed of that tumor that was wrapped around the blood vessels. Amen. It's not there anymore because we serve a God that if you're broken in your body with a sickness or a disease, uh, that's no problem for God. Amen. Hallelujah. It may be a problem for the medical doctors. Amen. It may be a problem uh, with money for you doing this or that or your needs, but God says, you know what? I can take care of you. I can mend the need. Uh, I can not only hear you spiritually, but I can hear you. I can heal, heal you physically. Uh, amen. Wherever you're broken at, uh, if you want to live with that brokenness in the physical, you go ahead and do it, but you don't have to. Because God wants to work on us. Amen. 
It's amazing. Last year we had AYC India and 50-something teenagers from America came to India. Oh, were they in for a sight. They all came through. We were greeting them at the airport in Kolkata. Then they went to exchange their American money for Indian rupee. And uh, then three buses were outside. And those doors opened from that airport door, the lobby, and all those kids come out. And when they hit, was hit with that tropical heat, they about passed out. In fact, some of them had to have transfusions. And they had doctors come in during the, yeah, they, some of them couldn't even go to nothing. They were in, they were sick as dogs. Plus, plus from the food, there's a lot of things, you know. It's not just, <laughs> it's not, well, anyway, it's not just that we don't, yeah, hallelujah. Bad times. God's still working on us. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. It was fun. We got in that bus. We brought us all to the, to the hotel we were staying at. My bus pulled up there. I was in charge of it, and I got out because I wanted to help make sure everyone got off the steps well. They were, they'd been traveling for 20-something hours. Yeah, they were kids, but they still wore out. We didn't let them rest one minute. They loved it. And and so they they start, I got off that bus, and I took off the two steps, and I was about to get off the third one, and I looked down, and there was a big pile of cow manure right there in the center where everybody would have to step. And I almost wanted to tell the bus to move up or back. And I said, no, no, this is going to be good compared to what they're going to save this 10 days. <laughs> so I stepped over the thing, and then I got to watch as each one of those kids on my bus. You all seen those girls. They got off there, ooh, gross. Too late, you can't go back home. Even some of the guys came through there. They're like, they're coming through there. They're like, ah, whoa. I'm like, step this way, sir. Step this way, man. I'm directing traffic. And they're terrified over this piece of cow, this pile of cow manure that's often in, it's in the street too. But this is a little bit over to the side where they got off. Amen. Amen. But that first service we had them in, we were preaching up a storm. And there were people that everywhere. At my group, and uh, we had blind, a lot of blind people there. I put those people, I put a chair up there after I preached, and I told those blind people, come on, one by one, stand in line. And those teenagers, those people were broken. They needed the Holy Ghost, but they were blind. And God did all of it. And they come, that lady sit down in that chair and her, her handler was over here because she couldn't walk without anybody to help her. And sitting there and they couldn't see. And uh, these kids gathered around her and I said, you are going to lay hands on her. Some of these kids never did nothing before in their home church because you know what? Mom and dad and the pastor and the adults do everything. Now, mom and daddy ain't here. And you're going to do it now. And they laid hands on them. And one right after the five of them, amen, uh, after the first one got up with her eyes open, started walking down through the area, amen, people was clearing the passages, amen, those kids went bananas. Can you imagine? They had never seen blind eyes open before. But it's talking about God putting broken things together. Amen. And one after another, they prayed. God is a healer of broken things. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Some people say, well, that's in India and that's all good. We're in America. They just don't have anything. That's why they have it. No. They just have simple faith and we have the ability to have the same thing. Amen? Just simple faith. <clears throat> Great things are happening in America. I was raised in a small town in Arkansas. And Steve Seipert was my friend. His dad was the pastor for a kind of church than what we were. And after I left in 19, uh, many years ago from Arkansas, Steve is now the pastor of his father's church. He moved from there. He moved to a beautiful, built a beautiful, large church and doing a great work. And he said to my brother, who's in business there, he said, when Mark comes through, have Mark come preach for me. I want him to preach for me. He said, you know, he told my brother, we, we used to do certain things that were Pentecostal when my dad was pastor years ago, and I come up under that, but we just don't see that no more. Just broken. Just brokenness. They said, we, we need a move of God in our church. I told my brother when I got into town, last deputation, I said, I, I can't go there. <laughs> there ain't no way. But went to a restaurant to eat, and there Steve Cypher was in the restaurant. You're talking about God ordained. Steve Driver come up to me and he said, you don't know who I am, do you? I said, uh, man, it's been 35 years. I, I don't know. I, I thank you. I think you're Steve Cypher. Here's my family. And they brought him over. And he said, Mark, when are you coming to preach for me? I'm like, oh, Lord. I said, my schedule is full. I don't think I can get away. But anyway... I made a way to go. I felt led. And I went on a Sunday night. And I told Steve Cyper, he wouldn't let me call him brother. Don't call me brother. You just call me Steve. <laughs> so I said, okay. I had a hard time with that. It wasn't that I had a problem. It was just that, I mean, I couldn't remember to not call him brother. I mean, down south, if you're on a fishing trip, you call the captain brother. Everybody's brother and sister. You go to the grocery store and the cashier's, how you doing, sister? Oh, Annette. <laughs> Oh, I'm fine. It's just the way that is. It's the way we're taught. <clears throat> I told Steve, I said, we're coming. I tell him, I told him, bring the people in wheelchairs out. I thought he would be like UPC folks. <laughs> I said, we're going to have miracle signs and wonders. That's what you want. You want me to be apostolic. He said, whatever you do when you travel and you preach, you do it at our church. He said, it's going to freak us totally out, Mark. 
but he said, we need to be jolted. We need a move of God in our church. And I said, well, God just heard that, and that's faith. So we went on a Sunday night. We sit out in the parking lot. We watched people come in with those handicapped things, and they got them out of the car and put them in the wheelchairs, and people was driving. I mean, when we got into that church, it's huge fan-shaped church. And along every side uh, in those aisles was people was lined with wheelchairs, 25 wheelchairs sitting there. I couldn't believe it. Now, I didn't know if these people went there or not, but it ended up in this town like 2,000 people. Amen. They put it on Facebook I was coming. They said, Mark Harris, his dad owned the business in town. Everybody knows this, which I, you know, have been gone a long time. They said, he's coming home and he's an, he's an evangelist, a missionary evangelist to Bangladesh and India. And he's going to be here. People start coming out. And I showed the DVD and the people just, they sit there. they never seen anything, people getting the Holy Ghost like that. And then I said, preach Acts. I said, what do you want me to preach? He said, preach Acts. Preach Pentecost. Preach about, he called it the baptism. He said, we need the baptism. I said, what do you want to see God do in this service? When, I, when he said, I want everyone to be filled with the baptism, Mark. I said, oh, okay, I got it pretty quick. They're a little different the way we talk. But I, God knew what he was saying. He said, all 250 of them, he said, there are going to be 250 people here. All of them need the baptism. I said, well, guess what? All of them's going to get the baptism tonight, Steve. I might have said, brother. I couldn't help it. I've never been in a situation like that before. I didn't have the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I didn't have 45 UPC apostolic people to back me up. Nobody. It was me and my wife. But I had God. Amen? And I had people that were broken. I had a church, a pastor that said, you know what? We used to do it this way years ago. and we, we need to get back to that. He said, talk about that baptism in Jesus' name, Mark. I said, okay. And about the Holy Ghost. And then fill them all with it, the baptism. I said, okay. So I preached about Acts 2.38 and then had everybody stand. We repented, spoke the word of faith and then people started getting the Holy Ghost all over the place. Then I thought, oh Lord, we got to pray for all these people. They're going to wear me out. And I said, if you're a minister of the gospel, I don't care what denomination you are, you come up here we're going to have a prayer line. So they're all coming up here in the center aisle. They got all kind of different uh, name brands there. I didn't care who they were. And they were ministers from town. And I lined them all up. I told them how to do, an, how to do a, a, a prayer line. We got on ministers, got on one side, and others got on. And I said, start from the back. We're going to come around. Everybody's going to go through it. And I said, and we're going to pray for you. I was the very last one to pray. I was on this end. And people start pouring out. Everybody that come through got the baptism. Then those wheelchair people start coming through. These Baptists... These folks, good folks, good, good Baptists, amen, whatever they were, they were good. I didn't say knock, knock them, amen. They were there visiting, and they were in there. And then all these people come in the wheelchairs, and they start, at the end, they start getting out of the wheelchairs. Some of them got out of the wheelchairs halfway from these people that were praying in the name of Jesus. And when those other people that were waiting in line, they were going like, And 25 wheelchairs got emptied. I don't know what they were in there for, but they got up and walked around 
amen, and left, uh, amen, without being in a wheelchair. Now, I want to to tell you, service started at 6, and it's about 9 o'clock now because I, you know, I didn't preach long like I am today. Brother Calhoun said, I think Sister Calhoun said, Brother, we pay by the hour, so... Just joking, you know. These people come through, and then I said, "Okay, all you in the line that now had the baptism, you come through, and I'm gonna lay hands on you. If you didn't get it yet, you're gonna get the baptism." So all them came through, and all them got the baptism too. And Brother Steve estimated that 250 people, his whole church, got the baptism. People got the Holy Ghost all over the house. It was like waves of glory and uh, miracles happened there. Uh, since then, I've been told that I'm going back in just a couple months. I'm, I got to go back before I go back. You know what I mean? Amen. One more time because uh, they want that Pentecostal. Uh, they, they, they want this. Hungry. And people... Uh, got prayed for that needed that wanted to have babies that were having problems and and now they got four or five bouncing kids in the church it's been a over over three years now i've been gone overseas for for over 18 months and uh they got bouncing two or three four i don't know if they're going to welcome me or run me off i, I don't know yet but i'm i'm going to try to be real nice I want you to know you think that that church person that you work with is so broken with doctrine and they're so broken down with they can't get this. You know what? Just keep loving them. Amen. You never know. Hallelujah. You never know that hungry pastor, amen, is a, that's a, that can be broken, that's going to have a need. But God's going to put this back together like he wants to before he returns. Amen. I, I, you know, we may get a lot of surprises. I mean, I believe in the doctrine. Don't get me wrong. But uh, there's a lot of people that's hungry that we may not even realize. And God's not done yet. And until he's done, he's still going to be working on us. Uh, and he's going to be working on our community and our cities, amen, in our state and our nation and our world. And he's going to be working on every denomination, even the United Pentecostal Church. I don't know about you, but I need it as much as anybody. Hallelujah. I want the Lord to continue to work with me. I thank him for what he did to buy my freedom. And I'm free, amen, but I'm still broken at times. And God is wanting me one more time to go on the potter's will. And I want to be pliable in the hands of the potter. He is the potter and I'm the